All right, so we'll just rock and roll. So, man, we are so grateful today. We got the man, the myth, the legend. Is it is it three time, four time, four time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty, Detroit Red Wing fan. It feels a little bit odd me being a Colorado boy, born and raised. Uh, grew up through the rivalry. Uh, watched uh, D Mac beat Lemieux up at one point in time. Um, that that's that leaves a little sour taste in my mouth to even say D Mac, but I mean it can't it can't <laughs> leave a sour taste in your mouth, bro. Because here's the ultimate respect that I always have and love for the people and the fans of Colorado is they understood what he did, and we all knew. And you want to yeah. talk about you want to talk about, and we'll get back into the presence of God in my life um, throughout. But you want to know that listen. That wasn't Scorsese. That wasn't Ford Coppola. That wasn't Spielberg. That was the big guy writing the script to that because the way that was able to get the revenge on Claude Mew for hitting Chris Draper from behind. And it's not because you have to realize bad things in life and bad things in sports happen. Yeah. You cannot lose respect for a fellow human being. And that's what Claude did. So me being a messenger and me being a disciple of the Lord, um, he empowered me. Now, I mean, I'm biased because he made me the star, but I guess you have you have to. That would explain, I guess, where where I'm going to go in my spiritual journey because I'm not religious. I mean, I, I I believe in everything. I read everything and whatever, but I believe in in God, and I'm very fortunate. It goes to show you how connected that I was. That He uses me. To, to there, that's coming up on 25 years ago to keep me around to this day for everything I've been through. But he's always been there. He's the only one that's always been there. I grew up um, in a, uh, uh, with my mom who remarried. Uh, my grandfather raised me when I was young, grandparents. And, you know, we, we lived in the backyard of a church, United Church. So we go. And I mean, I remember singing. Uh, there's a video of me like at five years old going up and and to sing or something like this. And you'd think it'd be a, um, you know, a, a church hymn or something like this. Like to sing rhinestone cowboy. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't, it just didn't really matter, which in the whole scheme of things, which is my God, you know, which is the one all powerful, the higher spirit that, that I believe in because I'm not the end all be all is the fact that that's, he's got my sort of sense of humor, but he's always been there. I've had the bat phone. I tell everybody, and it's whether it's like anything else. It's whether the, the, the tough times that I've had is when I've ignored him. It's not oh, him yeah. ignoring me. It's me ignoring him. It's me because sometimes when you're younger and I guess just with my story and my path, I'll be 50 April 1st, but uh, I just celebrate over six years sobriety um, finally from, from alcohol and, and pills. Um, it's well documented. I have my own cannabis brand because I, I live by the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, higher power, spirituality, stuff like this, except my program has a guard. And I think that that just with education and where we're at in 2022 and where, where I've come, it's just, it's helped. And whether it's, that way or or some of our brethren you know a great buddy of ours scott parker whether it's psilocybin or education to help there's there there's reasons why i firmly believe and i know this because i asked them and it's pretty much you know the answer but when you have an endocannabinoid system and it's built for this plant that that the lord built you with 
that's what it's there for. And, and it goes beyond that because it's not, that's just about one plant, but it goes to all the other plants and how they help and, and you know, certain like that. So I've always, for me to be able to accomplish my goal of making it to the NHL, which was my number one priority, he rode shotgun with me. He believed in me. Nobody else did. Let's, let's go back into that a little bit. So, so tell us more. Like, what was it like? You, you grew up in, in Michigan, right? No, I grew up in uh, uh, Southern Ontario. So the house okay. I grew up in, give or take 10 minutes for the borders, 40 minutes. Okay. And I grew up in a town called Leamington um, when my mom got remarried when I was five years old. And my, my relationship strengthened with, with God by hating my stepfather. You yeah, know? So tell like us more about that. So tell us what that, uh, I mean, what does that look like? The, it just, just, and, and, it's one of those things that I, the McCarty name, I've taken McCarty name, Craig McCarty passed away in 1999. It's the same thing as all the lessons and the things that get mad that I, that I teach when I was younger are, are how I live the principles to this day. You know what I mean? Where you're younger, you don't understand, but he was a workaholic. Um, he was, you know, more verbally abusive, never physically abusive because I would have beat his ass since I was 12 years old. I mean, that's not a, but it was never that it was more psychological. It was more something else. So I had to, I mean, you know, Calvin had Hobbs, you know, a lot of us, what I encourage you to reach out is that hotline to God. You don't need to go like, here's the one thing with me too, is I never and I grew up in Leamington. You got to understand Leamington, Ontario is a melting pot. So Jewish, Muslim, uh, uh, Chaldeans, Catholics, all of it was around. Right. Yeah. So you'd eat here, there, you'd learn all different. I learned all different religions, but the one constant was the God was God. Right. And I had that relationship and it was more to believing in myself. Right. The, that that's what he always gave me the confidence in myself because it was and it wasn't as i realized it wasn't more it was because it's that motivating factor when you have to have somebody to believe in you and for whatever reason i've just always i i can't explain it but i've always known like i've always had the relationship i think back right now i have a problem with father son holy spirit because that's three I don't get like the way I concept it is there's one. It's him. I pick up my phone. I call him. I go, yo, what up, dude? He's like, and he always, he'll always answer. Maybe not on my time, but if I'm open and, and, and I know I'm all over the place, but I got to fast forward to 2019 in December because that was life change, not life changing, but, but life reinforcing because i got there's a movie out called the russian five documentary and it documents the rivalry and throughout and the relationship and it tells about bringing the russian five over uh to detroit but along uh so along that way and stuff like this but in 2000 in december of 2019 i got to go to israel and i got to go to the great wall i got to go to all the stuff i got to stand at the wall and when i tell everybody my experience, you know, it, it's a lot like uh, other people where you walk in and it's separated. The, the walls separated between male and female. This is the way they do it. Now you can feel this buzz and this hum and this, this spiritual vibe when you, you get down to sort of the ground zero level where everybody is. The minute you walk to that wall, 
you're the only one, you and him, if whatever it is, you're the only, like, it's something that everything sort of falls into place. And if I would tell anybody what I took from that is my ability to, to receive the message. The message has always been out there. It's just now it's in 4K. Right. right. And it's in 4K because, and you understand this, because when you've gone through different things and, and it's life's a constant journey of, of learning who you are, when you find out, like I tell everybody, I knew DMAC, the hockey player wrestling, the larger than life public person was since I was six years old. It took me to 46 to realize who Darren McCarty was. Mm-hmm. And now what I'm doing is just combining all these things. And there's a reason that, you know, if you look at my, you, you look at my journey, I mean, I, I should be dead numerous times over because of my alcohol, because of my drug abuse, because of different things like that. But even in more to receive the message, it's like you said, um, it's for somebody else. Uh, my my story is so somebody else knows there is hope. Absolutely. No, and as as long as you don't quit, and that's I remember, I remember, and it was it was and it was almost like you know when you hear the people that have these, um, uh, they they die and then come back and they see the white light or they were all report or whatever like this. Yeah. I re- I remember, and it wasn't I wasn't dead or anything like that, but I remember the moment when I decided to fight and, and it wasn't, it was sort of, I look at it like God was standing beside me and saying, it's your call. <laughs> I'm here. You want to fight or whatever else, if you're going to quit. And it's sort of like, and, and in the big scheme of things, that's the motivating factor to me in my life. When you tell me that I can't do something or, and it was almost like, Oh, dude, so out of everything, you just gonna quit on this one. I get it. No, no worries. All right. You know, like one of those sort of things. So resist to be able to get up. And then through my sobriety, it's just things that I don't think it's things that I know. Right. And that's so tell me this, Darren, if, is it, let's, let's go back. I want to get a little bit of a timeline here. So okay. we skip forward to 19 in your journey yeah, through that I wall. Just, yeah. Yeah. But let's, let's go back to that childhood. So you grew up, did your, you basically raised by your grandfather did they take so, you to yeah. church on a regular basis? Yeah, the church. We go every Sunday, United Church, and you know, Sunday school, and and um, you know, so and then as I got older, I go to Catholic with, with some of my teammates, or I go to synagogue, or I go whatever. I was always because of my connection to God, I was always interested in letting Different Him things. know. So, so you well, got you got the, the variety, you got the whole melting pot. I got, I got it. I got everything and, and, and I read everything and I understand. And, and I look, see, my perception is, is you're all doing the same thing. It's just in a different message, but it was also too, as I look back, I want in a sort of way is that I appreciated the fact that he was there for me. So I wanted to show him that, that, I'd show up and it's not about going to church because every day I don't, I mean, I'm not a church goer or whatever like that. Um, but I talk to him every day, you know, I have a, I have a Bible that it's funny that I, that, you know, even like the new Testament, I'm huge in the old Testament because March 26, 97 is all Genesis. You know, I mean, it's just eye for an eye old, you know, and I was always sort of, I can see how I'm built by that, but the lessons I learned in the new Testament, I, I encourage anybody who's not scared, 
you know, of, of whatever else, like you're not supposed to look into that. But I play a game with myself every now and then I'll grab the, I'll grab the new Testament. I'll crack open and see what, what verse chapter, whatever. And no matter what I'm reading, it applies in some way, if that makes sense. They say so, the Bible's the living word, right? So like it's, it's, right, it's alive. Right. Like it's, it's lesson for you exactly what's going through in your life. That's how God speaks to us through it. And, and, and that's just the understanding. And, and for whatever reason, whatever, it's a lot like breaking the stigma, breaking the stigma of cannabis. Where'd you go? Oh, oh there you go. Lost you. No, I so, got it. I'm so here. tell us, so you, you, so you kind of attended church as you're little and as you got old, you, you've always kind of been everywhere. Your, your relationship with God, not religion, which I respect that. Like that says, tell us, tell us more about the hockey career. Like how old were you when you started playing hockey? Um, six, uh, started out, played goal till I was about 10. That's why I can't skate. Um, but I love <laughs> You were it, a goalie, I, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's why I can't skate. Yeah. That's why, <laughs> that, that's why I got that sick goalie mentality in the back of my mind too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like we've always said there's something just different about him. Like there's something, one of my best friends <laughs> growing up was our goalie always. And, uh, love that guy to have one of my best friends to this day, but, uh, well, you're yeah. talking about Chris Osgood. You know, Ozzy's, I, we came in together. He's one of he's my little brother. Like he's, we're, he's not even a year younger than I am, but he's always been the little brother. But yeah, and he's as normal. He's the most normal goalie, and he's not normal. But yeah, so so. so I've tell us about that career. Why I can't. Well, I always told why I couldn't do things, whatever. But I was willing to do whatever it took. We, like when I talk about my stepdad, uh, we owned a, he owned a uh, air conditioning refrigeration business. That's where I learned that it was a job you couldn't quit or you couldn't get fired from, but you could play your way out of it. <laughs> right? That was my motivation because I'd always I hated it, but it would motivate me to make money to go to to go to Canyon Hawk School two weeks every summer, blah, blah, blah. And I just kept getting better, get better. And I would never take no for an answer. And then when Brian drum told me the key to make it to the NHL when I was 16 was do something better than 99.9% .9 of the people. And that was play physical fight, do all that. I was in. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it was. And along the way, I mean, I won player of the year in the OHL finished second in the CHL to Corey Hirsch in 92. Um, the year I got drafted to Detroit. I mean, that was a, a heck of a year, but, you know, like you can't do it by yourself. You're blessed. And, and so I don't know. I, I guess my, my whole thing is, is that don't forget, like the, the thing now is that I'm grateful every day, every time, not just when things go bad or when things, when you need it, I, I grew out of that. Hey, Hey, the, the old, Oh God, if you get me out of this, uh, I'll never do it again. Right. Phase. And, yeah. and, and I got, and, and it was, and it, it was developing a relationship. And it, you know what? I love when they say he is a father because he is, there is some, as you mature, your relationship changes. Like that's yeah. the, for me anyways, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, and that's true. And so as a relationship with him changes and relationships with people here on, in that you deal with, the respect comes in. So, I mean, it's a circle, but it's the one thing that the constant in my whole life, that's always been there. It's that. And I think it is that you can develop, you don't have to develop it. But like I said, I, I, I don't do religion. Yeah. I no, do spirituality. I, I like we, no, we I have know, a certain I, church and, but so, so tell me, so as you come up through the ranks, you start, you played goalie till 10. 
Where did you go after that? Was you were you playing like? Oh, then uh, I played. Nope. So I played uh, minor hockey, and then after my major bantam year, which the last year I skated with five different teams all above me up to the junior team. So I was always skating with better players and playing at my age level and dominating. And then I, when I was uh, sixteen, I went to Peterborough, which was about five hours away. Moved away with the coach I was mentioning, Brian Drum, and got drafted to the OHL, which is like the WHL, um, yeah. to Belleville. Uh, played three years there. Won uh, OHL Player of the Year my last year as a 19-year-old and got drafted second round to Detroit. Played a year in the minors and then made the team as a 21-year-old. And that was 93-94. So then from there, you have to remind me, so you come into the league, you played one year. What was the, the minor league team? Oh, it was uh, the Adirondack Red Wings, toughest team in pro hockey that year. I mean, and then that was like, if you look at my stat, I put up numbers. I think I had 19 goals or 17 goals and almost 40 points, but I had 278 penalty minutes, right? <laughs> Establish yourself. I had 45 majors, yeah. but I had the Bob Boogners, Dennis Fials, Jim Cummins, Serge Anglehart's, Gord Krupke's, Kirk Tomlinson's behind me, right? So it was like fearless. Let the little dog out of the cage and he's going to go out there and pick fights with everybody and you know, get beat up sometimes, but who cares? He's coming back. And you, you it was the greatest confidence builder to, to work into what I eventually had to do. So right. then I made, you know, I made the team um, the next year, which was fortunate because the Red Wings made a coaching change and brought Scotty Bowman in. So I did enough crazy things and that, that he realized that needed me and stuff like that. And, and, you know, here's, yeah, and that sort of thing. When you And here's the one thing which is hard to do and you're looking back is to believe the, the hype that people, you know, tell you either how great you are or whatever. And I had the, uh, I had FOMO before FOMO was cool, right? <laughs> so I was always life of the party, always last one to leave, always didn't want to miss anything out. And, you know, like a lot of things, it was, it was because, it didn't, you know, know how long it would last. Right. Right. And then cherish and so, every moment of it. Right. You don't, you don't want it. Right, to that, and that was it. And not only because here's the one thing too, is you don't have to realize, but you grow up with all your buddies and stuff and they're stuck family business doing whatever you go hang out with them. That's, that's their relief. So you better have a good story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. you know, or else you're letting the boys down and then, you know, you, you realize you grow out of it and, and stuff like this. But, um, I don't know. I always wish uh, just along the way that, that, and, and this is what he won't tell you is he won't tell you his plan for you. Yeah. You have to, you have to, he's got, I know this is the plan that he had for me, but I took the long way to get there, but the patience to do it, but I didn't quit. You know what I'm saying? And it's still, still there. And like, like you said, it's still adamant to me when I decided that I was, and it was November 11th, uh, 2015, that I was done yeah. no matter what. And, and that commitment. And ever since then that commit. And once I got the physical addiction, alcohol out of me, right. Then, then the spirit, cause spiritually I was already there for a year. Right. So, a lot so of, I guess the advice would be it's, it's a journey. 
It's, a, it's, it's baby steps a lot of the way, no matter what it is. And even too, if you're developing a new relationship or rekindling a relationship with God, he's always there. So, so tell me like when you came into the league, 93, 94, like when did, you know, a, were you talking to God at that point? Or you said you always kind of had a relationship, but you, you, you also said the rough patches in your life came when you weren't listening or you weren't having the relationship with him. So as you come into the league, do you leave God behind? And then as you're in the league and you get going 93, what was the first cup? 97. 97. So you're in the league for three years at least. And so you're, you're making the cup run. Um, you're coming to the league. It, you basically come in because of your hard work and because of the grind, right? Cause you're, you're an animal. Here, here's the, here's the greatest way to sum this up. I've won four cups and each cup that we've won, I've been sober for. So my relationship has been very strong with God as a higher power getting through different things, but I never drank out of the cup till 2013 alcohol. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so you were on the straight, it was, was self-serving when I wasn't on the straight, right. When I could say I had a relationship, but it was more self-serving. Like I'll return his calls on my time. I got this or whatever else, or Hey dude, bail me out. You know what I'm saying? One right. of those, until the fact where I went through, like I've been through four rehabs. I've been, I've been sober. I was sober for 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I've had those, but, and it's always been my, when my relationship's been stronger. Now my relationship has never been stronger to now, but all everything, but it's taken time. Like that's 20, almost 25 years of developing this, this sort of relationship, but I could see it was more self-serving. But when we did win the cups, which I was sober for, I was, I, my relationship was tight. What was you it? Know, so, like that. So tell me about the league. Like what, what was it in those times of the cup that, that kept you sober? Where like in the early yeah, years, no, like the, when you first came in the league, did you still party and you did those kind of things? Oh, absolutely. And, the league kept me, dude. I was in the player program for alcohol and drugs and shit like that. So I had to, Right. I mean, it was a livelihood and stuff like that. But when you do that, see, I, if I'm into something, I'm a hundred percent in. So when I get sober, right. And, and that's the whole thing is realizing where the mistakes were along the way. Right. And it like, that's the difference between that and with the relationship and, and wherever else I always had an end date. Well, the end date was 2099. If messes your head up, right. When you, when you still are, hanging on to something like that. So between, between cannabis, getting a physical addiction and, and then my relationship with the higher power and working my program, my program, not anybody else's, my program, but I've, but I've nurtured this thing in different ways for 20, 25 years, right? Turned a hobby, turned into a hobby to get sober into an occupation. Right. So for less than, when you come to the league, like obviously Parks has told me stories of different things like in the league and how prevalent it is. And, you know, is that, did the league cause the painkiller addiction? Like, did that come from that? Or I was that well, I didn't have a pain, the pain, the, the, I was alcoholic. Just I'm alcohol. Alcohol, I, I, but, but then you get, well, the best thing about being alcoholic was realizing I wasn't a cokehead. I didn't have a cocaine problem. I was just the equalizer to drink more. So my, 
big thing was alcohol. And I'm grateful for it because as I sit here today, I'm healthier. My blood work and, and my system has healed itself and I'm healthier than I was even when I played. Now, the difference with the opiates is you sever these retenders and you're always going to have this urge and they're never going to reconnect. Alcohol, your body will repair itself. That's the blessing of it, right? right? So, so it, it, it always, alcohol, just listen. Like if you're saying out of anything is that it was always that if you, if you smoke pot or did use pot or whatever like that, you'd never be a hockey player because you can't be a stoner and a hockey player. But here, kids, how old are you? 14. Oh, here's a beer. Here's whatever else. And it doesn't help. Like genetically, I believe it's a disease and I have the alcohol gene in me that I've tried it every way I can to, to either control it, to do it or whatever. I can't. Right. I'm grateful. I'm not allergic. I'm not a diabetic. I'm not allergic to chocolate. That'd rest, that'd ruin my buzz. But, but, but I think more so to your point. Yeah. It's society. It's education to where it is now. Look at the way guys take care of themselves on off eating all this stuff compared to back in the day. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's just the evolution of everything. Else. And, and I think that, would you say that, that when we talk, like, the, you always know when you talk, when you bring up God or you bring up the Bible or something like this, there's a whole, there's a, there's a bunch of the population that cringes. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, you're not supposed to. I believe just like everything else is education and the more transparency in the world as we work into 2022, that people are becoming more comfortable into if that's their thing or they want to learn more, what do you mean by that? Then they can, that's why you do these things. That's why we talk about it. And it's great how you're able to piece it together because you see it from 30,000 feet on these journeys because of your relationship to everything else. And I love the fact that you just, it's, it's, it's sort of how in my world, God sort of works. He sort of gives me points these things out. Well, you know, like, you know, the living word and you know, the this and that and a reminder the different things like that of, of how the flow is supposed to be. I mean, I, I, the kicker, I've sold March 26, 97, the way that he made that, he made me the star. So he made me a firm believer since then. Right. Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, and then I don't even mention the Stanley cup clinching goal that I scored. You know what I mean? I've, oh, no need to throw that in. Right? No. <laughs> well, I mean, he just does. That's the thing. My my God, God to me, showed he, for some reason, he gives me a sign of, of almost immediate returns. Right. If it's right or if it's wrong. There'll be something that lets me know. And the fact that I can receive the message now, I know in my heart of hearts. Now I still have my wife and the, the, my small circle around me to bounce things off of. But for the most part, he, I know before I even start the question, right. I'm one of those ones that ask the question, knowing the answer. Well, we, we know that the Bible at. says to humble yourself before the Lord and he shall exalt you. Right. So like it, it's easy, especially in your position to be, you know, you, you clinched a, a, a cup with the goal you know, the, the Lemieux incident, you were able to get the retaliation that, you know, the, the judgment, if you will, on that situation, it's so easy. And there, I'm sure there was a lot of times in your life where you are, you're either being who you are, you're either put on a pedestal daily. And I'm sure there was times that you put yourself on a pedestal 
But nowadays, as you continue to grow your relationship with God, he's reminding you to stay humble. So I can even kind of feel it in this podcast right now. I'm trying to get you to embellish a little bit about the greatness of what you did with the Red Wings. And you keep skirting around it a little bit because God's like, stay humble, Darren. Stay humble, Darren. And let's not let's not the, be humble. Let's go real quick. Let's let's tell these listeners about those cup goals. Tell us about that journey through it and how as you journeyed through all of those cups and winning all that stuff, what it was like not being with God but being sober and then ultimately getting us to now to where you are the humble guy that you're not talking about all those successes anymore because you're you're in a different state. So tell me yeah, more about the cup journey. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm like I said, I won a player of the year in junior and stuff like that. And I realized that it was about everybody around me that got me to that point, whether it was teammates or coaches or family or whatever like that. So it was always about team. So for me, it's easy, like you said. Just and yeah, that's probably number one is 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 try to stay humble. But what you do is not who you are, and I think it's a lot with with age a lot with you know i'm not the person that i was then because when you're younger how do you not believe the hype you know you get you're pretty much the hometown kid you're pretty much doing these things that are living on and infamy and stuff like this you know in the your heart of hearts that you've left your mark right in history in the redway and stuff like that and 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 what happens is when you lose it then that allows it allows the evil to seep in because you're not, you don't have your guard up. You don't, because you've opened the door, you've unlocked all the doors. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then your circle gets bigger and then your drug here, drug there. And then you're, you know, better than everybody else. And you, you know, all this stuff into a point where you're backed into a corner. But that's the whole thing is that whenever I've wanted to fight out of the corner, he's always got my back. And, and here's the thing with addiction or whatever, absolutely. Wherever you were, like where I was six years ago, over six years ago, if I had a drink today, I'd be right back there. It's always continued that it never ends. Right. So the fact is, is that, and it it comes down to not liking yourself. Right. So I didn't like myself. Right. right? I, I'm playing this role or whatever. It was like, I believe I was like, you know, how, uh, you know, I was like stone cold in Detroit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was, you couldn't go anywhere. You could go anywhere. I, and I, when you believe your own hype or when you believe you, and you're not humble, that leads you into compromising situations that you wouldn't regularly put it in. But again, that's not because you're not, again, you can't look in the mirror when you walk by it. Everybody else on the outside looks at it, but you can't because you don't like who you've become or you don't know who you've become. You don't so like you, what you're so, feeling, right? So you're, you're escaping those feelings and masking them with the, with the drugs and the alcohol. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, a, a lot of that, right? Which it doesn't help when you're an alcoholic, so that just expedites. It's like gas on the, fly, the fire, on the flame. Um, and you and, – and, it's sort of like that spiral. Yeah, I can see it more. And, and the way to describe it is like a ball of yarn or something like this. If it, if the piece that's latched on in the end falls off, well, then there's, the ball starts to loosen a little bit and slowly over time. And it doesn't happen overnight. 
it's just that all of a sudden you let this build up and time and it becomes years and whatever like this. And then you don't know where to go. And then that's why, whether it's help, whether it's therapy, whether it's rehab, whether it's understanding that you're not alone um, in this fight. And, and, that, and that's the one thing I'm always been humble enough to ask for help, right. To realize that. Um, and, and the whole thing is like, you got to understand is I always wanted to know why it didn't work either. Right. Like why? Because I committed to why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? And at the end of the day, I believe it's because I didn't allow myself mentally, physically, and emotionally, spiritually to use everything available that I needed. You didn't buy into the system. I didn't buy into the system because I had my own system. Right. So tell me right? this. When like I had my own system. So what's a, let's go into the difference. We're talking about buying in, right? Uh, obviously, with the avalanche, or the avalanche, there we go. Darn this Colorado kid with the Red Wings. You wish. I, I, I know you wish. <laughs> the little Colorado kid wishes I played on your team. I get yeah, it. Yeah, no, it would have been nice. It would have been great. <laughs> uh, but with the Red Wings since 93, 94, uh, first cup is 97. Obviously, you bought into that system, including the system of uh, staying in the players' program, keeping yourself sober for those cup cup drives, right? So what's the difference of buying it? You know, what does that look like to buy so that, into the then, Red Wings system? Then life happens. No, no, then life happens. My dad died. Okay. I get my first smart hernia surgery, right? I'm doing everything I can. This is 99. This is November 99. I'm doing everything I can not to drink. They're feeding me these pills and stuff like this. I hate them. That's when I was introduced to cannabis and I smoked it and I could, and then that was the change. But the whole thing was, was the fight for that sort of relief. And then when my dad passed away, it just sent me and being injured, sent me down that spiral. Now I was still sober, but, but then I was introduced into cannabis and I knew that there was a difference. So then it was, so then, then that, um, cause I was sober till cause I went into the every time 2001. So I went to rehab. So I stayed there and then I had, because of, and it was because I never relapsed with alcohol. I always relapsed with cannabis. Right. So that would always be, but I also knew, and this is the same thing as Ricky Williams, a football player who I'm friends with and have had great conversations that see, he, he developed ulcers in at the university of Texas playing football because of all the Motrin that he ate. Right. So when he was, and he didn't smoke, he grew up around cannabis, but he didn't smoke because he's the same as me as far as, uh, um, as sorry, as far as, uh, you know, either a jock or a stoner. But the fact that when he when he realized that this plant was bigger than his career, what we do is not who we are, that's when he had to step away. And that's why when he came back, he did it on his terms. But that's, you know, a whole different conversation. But through every time, see, I committed. So when I go to rehab and stuff like this to work the program and stuff like this, boom, right there relationship with God always strengthens up. It's just because you haven't been home in a while doesn't mean you don't know how to get home and he's not waiting for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, I look back and it's always been every time. So I, I see 96 summer, 96, my first rehab 2001 was my second 2000. 
Uh, five was my third and 2007 was my last one. Right. But it wasn't until, and the end I'm supposed to get it, but it wasn't because I retired in 2009. Um, went back heavy into my addiction was far away from God. Didn't care. I tell everybody I was playing Lee. I was doing leaving Las Vegas, not trying to die, but I was in the throes of drinking myself to death. I was up to 280 pounds. My blood pressure 264 over 165. Reason I didn't stroke out or have a heart attack because there's much cannabis in my system. Then, you know, then that's when we made the decision. You know, that's when I had to make that life or death decision at that moment. It was either, and to this day, I'm 210 pounds. My uh, blood pressure this morning was 110 over 73. Uh, you know, like I'm off of every other, every medication, right. you know, which is, which, which is huge. But along the lines, see, here's the whole thing. And where he's, you know, where he says the, the father or, or whatever that's never left, it's that when, when they always say, okay, I'll be like, it's almost like when I look in the mirror and I say, you look at yourself, I'm talking to God, right? I'm talking to God. And it was me walking by the mirror so long and me looking in the mirror and saying, I'm not dealing with you right now. And him looking back and go, well, I hope you're alive when you come back. And when I tell everybody is don't lie to that person, to me, that's my conversation with God. Right. Not that I'm God or whatever, but there's a person there and I put a physical face and somebody that to, to my, and that has never changed. Right. Well, that's it. The Bible says, uh, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right. So he'll always be with you. And then, and, 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 and here's the thing. That's, that's God's honest truth yep. in my life and my journey and my story. Yes. Right. I can look back now and say, oh, oh, okay. And it's part of receiving the message is going back and seeing where you missed it so you don't miss it again, but also realizing, oh, you were there. You were there. So for you, like going back to your primary role in the in the league was just stirring stuff up, essentially, right? Fights. I mean, you had great yeah, goals. You, you know, had great plays. You like know, but- a lot enforced the, yeah. On our team, you had to play. Right? right. So the fact that it was part of the grind line and, and you know, the, the best thing is we would check the Forsbergs or the, the Sackic line, but we can also play. But if, you know, something needed to be done, then I was the one that was going to stick up. I wasn't, I'm not park stuff. I'm not the biggest, the baddest, but I, like I said, I'm going to give you everything I got. Did you and Parks ever fight? No. Never. No. I used to chat Parks up uh, stretching before the game and just, just to make sure <laughs> he was in a good mood. But I never made – because here's the thing. Parks is the most honorable dude, oh, right? So it never – no, no, but here's the thing. And and that's that's the one thing that I always love and respect about him. Like, it wouldn't be as – like, if we had to – like, we were going to – but it wouldn't – there was a respect that the games never got to that point, right? Because he came after – pretty much all, yeah. all, you know, the, the aftermath and, yeah. and no, the, the, out of a lot, all the, all the guys and whether it was in Colorado, whether it was in San Jose, they call the sheriff for a reason. You, you know what I'm saying? That there is, and that's, that's what we miss when, when all us guys that used to fight and talk about the, the enforcer or the toughness in the game, that's what we miss because there's accountability. Yeah. Right. There's accountability. And the only mm-hmm. accountability these days to your wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, you didn't put that hit on that, that star player because of what would happen to you if you did. You just didn't do it. Yep. 
You know, they, they nope. kept you honest. And then you I won't hit yours, you shot. won't hit, right? I won't hit yours, I won't hit mine. You know, yeah. we're riding each other. We'll keep it clean. Maybe not, depending on how the game goes, but. Yeah. So through all of the fighting and everything, did you, you know, Parks struggles with the CTE and therefore is big with, you know, the, the CBD and stuff really seems to help him. Did you end up with the same brain stuff? No, knock on wood. I got, I got fortunate. I got fortunate. I think I've had three or four confirmed concussions, but no. And, and that's the whole thing. So mine, mine with the alcohol and, and the CBD, the CBD, the CBN, all that stuff to help. It, it helps us all. It's all about putting ourselves back together, right? Whether it's the topicals for the pain or uh, some of the CBN for sleep and stuff like that. It's just the education to where we're at and you live in Colorado. I mean, you, you guys are like trendsetters and especially in the labs and stuff like that. And that's the one thing is that you're going to see when it's right is the, you know, the, I hope to see the Darren McCarty brand in Colorado, because at the end of the day, it ain't about, yeah, this thing's happened. You can hate me this and that, but at the end of the day, we're all human beings trying to, if I can provide a product that changes, changes your life, or changes the way and, and, and strengthens your relationship because, because you realize you're helping yourself into whatever it is. Now, here's the thing. To me, your endocannabinoid system is like DNA. And we all know DNA because we watch enough of that ID channel and stuff like that, that everybody's DNA is different. Well, your endocannabinoid system is different too. So it's your responsibility, how you feed it. And that's through conversation and education. And, and that's why a lot of us tough guys, we go to the same thing with the CBD, why it works because we suffer from the same sort of pains and our bodies help out, out the same way. So um, it's just education to, to make it better because if you sleep better, then you're going to have a better attitude. And then if you have a better attitude, then, then you're going to be grateful. It's easier to be grateful when you feel better. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of good things. I mean, I've seen it, you know, with parks and heard parks talk about it a lot. The, you know, a lot of good things that the CBD are doing for people and, and making them feel, you know, better. I know that, uh, recently, uh, got some different, one of the pain creams for the troubles I have with my lower back and, and, uh, you know, doesn't alter my mind. So I'm not, I'm not going against biblical principles as far as altering my mind, but it does help take the pain away that I feel in my lower back. So, a lot of good benefits coming out of the CBD world. You know, Darren, as we kind of close here at the end of our time, I always like to ask our guests, you know, what is one thing that you want the listeners to take home? What's, what's one thing that's on your heart to leave with the listeners? That it's, it's all about, it's not right or wrong, right? It's about the why, right? And, and don't be afraid, like, look, always ask, what do you mean by that? I'm not looking, I, I used to not here to argue, you know, I'm here to answer questions. No, I'm here to fight or answer your questions. Cause it's, what do you mean by that? Do not be, do not be scared to find your truth. I wrote a book in 2013 that really helped me with my, get through my sobriety because you know, the part of the therapy, but it's called my last fight for a hockey rock star. I signed that enjoy my truth. We all have our truth. And to see everybody live their, live the truth that they want to live. Yeah. And you can't, and, and here's the thing, everything I've ever accomplished, I wouldn't accomplish without that guy. Yep. And he's always been there and I'm so grateful for it. And he knows that to this day, I realize 
right? Almost like I always joke and say, dude, I get it, but I wish you would have told me that we would have got to this point. And he's like, no, it doesn't work that way, kid. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do it on your own, everybody. So if the listeners, obviously, probably going to get a lot of your listeners when you share this on your social media, but for the listeners that are coming on, uh, you know, from the Fast Life side, if they don't know who you are, possible i yep. suppose but how do they get a hold of you where do they find you on social media you know tell us about the other you do a, a daily show as well as another podcast so where can they hear that yeah. at? yeah so we're sports network daily 11 to 1 eastern time uh you can catch that on youtube and uh, anywhere you podcast stuff like that uh also darren mccarty.com uh cardi four on twitter with the check mark uh, Real Darren McCarty on Instagram, official Darren McCarty on Facebook. Um, yeah, I'm I'm out and about doing doing a lot of stuff. I also have a the longest running uh, AM station here Friday night uh, enforcer show from seven to eight. So I got a lot of stuff going. I'm doing a bunch of stuff uh, with the speedy and stuff in the independent wrestling. So you see me out there and uh, get up the comedy tour starting uh, next week. We'll be out for three months. So. Uh, busy, 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 but love to connect. And, and like I said, I just, I love, I have a compassion for people. Um, and I just want to spread that word. And I'm just, I'm just spreading the message. You know, I'm just, uh, one of the ones like you are, um, just trying to get his message out to let him know that we are all that we're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. We're all connected. Yep. And he's the one that connected us. Absolutely. And the connections that, that continue to open up are incredible. So stay obedient to that. You know, one of the, the things that Darren and I share is the alcoholism and the cocaine. Uh, similar stories. Play hockey, obviously, never at the level of you guys. Uh, but I got to skate with uh, you and Parks, that alumni. That was, thing. Fun. It was pretty fun. They called me Bambi on we'll, the ice. and uh, We'll do it again, Bambi. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. That, that was Parks. He was vicious. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. I, I can handle it. I got broad shoulders, but man, thank you so much for being here, Darren, as always for our listeners, you know, like this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share it to friends that you never know who might need to hear your story. So don't be afraid to share, follow us on our social medias and fastlifeministries.com to give to this organization, to keep us moving. And Darren, uh, just a blessing. Thank you again for being here and for all our listeners. God bless. Have an amazing week. All right. Fast life it is. Appreciate you having me. Go God. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to rate, like, and follow our podcast page so you can be the first to see new episodes every Wednesday. If there's someone who came to mind during the podcast, please send this to them. People like you sharing the show really helps us to get God's message out to a wider audience. Visit FastLifeMinistries.com to give to our podcast and keep us running. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.